Hi everyone, it's great to see you again. It's great to be with you. Uh, my name is Dave. Welcome again to uh, our home. It's great to bring the Word of God to you. It's going to encourage you and build you up. And we're going to read some scriptures. In fact, let's turn to the first one straight away. Let's dive straight in, please. So if you've got your Bible with you, would you turn to the book of John, chapter 16? And uh, the context of this is Jesus has just been telling his disciples all about the work that the Holy Spirit would do. And then he's very honest to tell them that, look, disciples, there's a time coming where you're going to feel sorrow, but that sorrow will not last. It will turn to joy. And then at the end of the chapter, right down at the end in verse 33, Jesus says this to them. He says, now I've told you all these things so that in me you'll have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Friends, that is great news. Jesus has overcome the world. And 1 John tells us that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And yet we're facing a hard time. Jesus never sugarcoated life. He never told us that a walk, uh, walking with him would mean no problems whatsoever. He was very honest to say, look, you will face trouble, but we have to read the whole verse. A lot of Christians only focus on, well, Jesus said we're going to have trouble. Trouble's what I got. That wasn't the point he was making. The point was this. I tell you these things so that you might have peace. You'll have trouble, but fear not. I have overcome the world. And in the last couple of weeks, as Zoe and I have been uh, talking to many of you on the phone and uh, lots of the, the leaders in the church have been phoning around and, and we've been talking with one another, it's becoming increasingly aware that uh, many people are finding life hard. It's the pinch is getting uh, even stronger. Uh, when is this going to end? Winter week 10 or week 11? I've not seen my children. I've not seen my grandchildren. Uh, they're talking about uh, schools reopening. Will my children be safe? Will the workplace be safe? Uh, when is this going to end. It can feel like a hard time, but in this time, we must remind ourselves of the things that Jesus said. Fear not, for I have overcome the world. It's like uh, I read to you last week from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. The writer of that book says this, these are the things I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Even in the words of the messages which have been coming to you from All Nations Church, last week James spoke to encourage us, let's not throw away our confidence, let's not quit, let's keep running and keep trusting the Lord. The week before that, Kerry spoke to us about how Jesus told his disciples, friends, let's go to the other side. And in Jesus' mind, the destination was always set, they were always going to make it. Friends, we're going to make it, because Jesus has said, let's go to the other side, fear not. For I have overcome the world, said Jesus. I was talking to someone in the last week, and they were feeling really quite down. I said, am I supposed to feel like this? I thought as a Christian, Dave, I was supposed to feel on the greatest heights. I said, well, do you really feel that God has abandoned you? Because his word says that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, uh, as you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And we spoke and we encouraged one another from the scriptures and we both left, uh, left with our heads lifted. And I was reminded of something that uh, our friend and uh, fellow elder of mine, T, would say to us. He said to me on many occasions, no matter what we're going through, let's not miss the opportunity to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say and what he wants to teach us. Friends, God is with us in this situation. He's not just a God who's with us in the good times. That's actually a mistake that the enemies of God made in the past. And I'd like to take you to that scripture as we begin to look at this. This is not a message 
of doom and gloom. But I'm going to tell you all these things so that in Christ you may have peace. In this world you may face trouble, but friends, fear not. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. So, let's turn please to 1 Kings chapter 20. The context here is uh, the people of God, Israel, are under attack. Uh, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, he has mustered together um, all his allies, about 30 other kings with all of their armies, with all their chariots and all their horses, hundreds of thousands of men. And they come out against Israel. They pick a fight with the people of God. And Israel only has about 7,000 men. um, And they declare war on the people of God. Now, there's already been a battle and the king of Syria gets beaten by the people of Israel on the high ground. So they decide, well, let's have another go, but this time we'll take them on in the valley. Uh, And we're going to jump into the story here, 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 26. So it says this, In the spring, Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the people of Israel were mustered and were provisioned and went out against them. The people of God encamped before them, looking like two little flocks of goats, but the Syrian army filled the countryside. But a prophet of God came near and said to the king of Israel, Thus says the Lord, The enemy has said, Their God is but a God of the mountains, but he is not a God of the valleys. Therefore, says the Lord, I will give this enemy and all its armies into your hand, and you will know that I am the Lord. And so they encamped opposite one another for seven days, and on the seventh day the battle began. And the people of Israel struck down of the Syrian army 100,000 foot soldiers in one day. The enemy said, God's only with them in the high places. God is not a God of the valley. Let's take them on down there. Friends, what they said was partially true. God is a God of the mountains. And that's what the enemies thought. In fact, the enemies thought that the God of Israel was some sort of a God of a a locality or a a territory. Um, Maybe their minds went back to the the account of Mount Carmel, how the prophet Elijah called down fire from heaven on the mountain. But we know, Psalm 24 tells us, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all the people who dwell in it. Is God the God of the mountains? Absolutely. But friends, God is just as much God of the valley. And you might feel that that's where you are. You're in a valley right now. You're in a hard time. Friends, I tell you these things so that in Christ you may have peace. Fear not. God is with you. God is the God of the mountains and the valleys. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy 11 that says both the mountains and the valley drink the same rain from heaven. Now, valleys in Scripture get a bad reputation. Um, If I was to uh, ask you a question, if we were together, can you think of any Scriptures to do with valleys? You would give me Scriptures that would pretty much would set the tone of doom and gloom, low points and suffering. If I was to ask you, you might say, well, there's Psalm 23. There's a valley in that Psalm, isn't there? Yes, there is. That's the valley of the shadow of death. Can you think of any other Scriptures? Someone might say, well, uh, in, in Joshua, there's a valley of Achor. Um, That's right. Do you know what the Valley of Achor means? Uh, Yes, it's the Valley of Trouble and Suffering. That's right. Shadow of Death, Trouble and Suffering. Are there any others? Someone might say Psalm 84. There's the Valley of Baca. That's correct. There is a valley called the Valley of Baca. Do you know what that means? No. 
It's the valley of weeping or the valley of many tears, the valley of the shadow of death, trouble uh, and suffering, uh, weeping and many tears. Valleys seem to get a bit of a bad press and you, because of that you think, man, I got to get out the valley. Now we're called to the high places. We ascend the hill of the Lord. We come to Mount Zion. But I want you to know that wherever you are, where even if you feel you're in a hard spot, in a valley, the God of the mountains is the same God of the valley and he's with you right now. And he's working everything together for good. And we need to change our perspective because everything that God does is good. That's what Psalm 119 tells us. God does extraordinary things in valleys, even if we just take the three examples that we've just looked at. First of all, Psalm 23, it's as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. Again, we got to read the whole verse. The valley of Achor, this valley of trouble, uh, uh, although that's what, what it's called in Joshua, I think, chapter 7, as it goes on, God transforms this valley, uh, this door, this valley, beg your pardon, this valley of trouble into a door of hope and a place of rest. And Psalm 84, the valley of weeping, the valley of Baca, will come on to in just a little while. God never intended the people of God to stay in the valley, but to keep passing through as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But God wants to use everything to help us, to change us. And even in this time, if you're feeling in a hard time, God is with you. But God has something to show you, even in this hard time. If you feel you're in a valley time, know this. God wants to do extraordinary things. Because when we look at other scriptures that speak of valleys, God does amazing things. In Numbers 13, when the spies are sent by Moses to have a look at the promised land and to bring back some report and proof of just how good this land is, they bring back with them huge clusters of grapes, of pomegranates and figs, and they have to carry them on poles between them. Where did they find this fruit? They found it in the valley. In 1 Samuel 17, we know the story of how David, the young man, took on Goliath and defeated him and chopped off his head. Where did that happen? It happened in a valley. It was in a valley that Joshua and his army are fighting the enemy and they're winning the battle but the daylight is fading. So Joshua cries out, Lord, help us. And God stops the sun in the sky because the valley was the place of total victory for Joshua and his army. In Joel chapter 3, the prophet says, he describes the valley as being a place of decision of multitudes and multitudes. There are people even in the valley who are looking for God. And one of my favorite scriptures about valleys is in Psalm 104 and the psalmist talks to God and acknowledges him that God is the one that makes fresh that makes fresh springs to break forth in the valleys. God does extraordinary things in the valley. They're not the final destination. We're going through to the other side. But even for my life and I'm sure for your life, you can think of other times where you've faced a valley situation but you've seen the hand of God bring you through friends I tell you these things so that in Christ you'll have peace. Fear not, God, Jesus, has overcome the world. Valleys are incredibly fruitful and fertile places and God wants to, to even in this time, produce in you and I something of life and fruitfulness. This time, this valley of lockdown, if, if I can call it that, hasn't taken God by surprise. In it, God is with us and he's going to use it for his glory. Let's have a look at that valley of weeping that we referenced earlier in Psalm 84. If you'll turn there with me, please. 
Psalm 84. It's a psalm which is uh, attributed to the, the Korathites, uh, possibly written in and around the time that uh, we would read in Ezra chapter 3 of the rebuilding of the temple. And it certainly reads as one who is remembering uh, how sweet, how wonderful the presence of God was, and someone who's longing for better days. And if we could jump right into verse 5, it simply says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each one appears before God in Zion. Here's this valley we mentioned earlier, a valley of Baca, a valley of weeping, a valley of many tears. Well, first of all, let's just say this. Tears are good. Tears are okay. There's nothing wrong with tears. But as we read this psalm, we read and we see very clearly, this was never a valley for the people of God to stay in. This was a valley for them to go through. This was a valley to be navigated. And verse 5 tells us this. These weren't people in any kind of denial. These were people who had set their heart on pilgrimage. They weren't settlers. They were on a journey. They had a destination in their mind. They were going to the other side. Verse 7 tells us what their goal was. They were going to get to Zion, their destination, and in doing so, they were going to get stronger and stronger all the time. And it's between this heart set on pilgrimage and reaching their destination getting stronger that something happens to the valley that they're in. Have a look at verse 6. It says this, As they go through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs, and the autumn rain, or the early rains also cover it with pools. The valley that they're in, while they're in it, doesn't stay the same. It may have been intended for harm, it may have been intended to keep them from the high places, to halt their progress, but God intended it for good. And this place of uh, suffering, this, this valley of weeping, this valley of tears of sadness, becomes a place where fresh springs of life emerge. And it's through them. It's through them as they pass through, they make this valley a wonderful place of springs. They transform the valley as they pass through it. Friends, that's important if we face a hard time, such as we are with this pandemic, that the situation doesn't transform us, but we transform the situation. The valley doesn't get into us, but actually by the overflowing life of Christ, we transform the situation around us. These people in Psalm 84 had decided they were going through, but even in hardship, they would produce fruitfulness. And right now, in a hard time, God wants to produce something of life and fruitfulness in each and every one of us. There are fresh springs to be dug of our relationship with God. Friends, if you're facing a hard time, I tell you these things so that in Christ you'd have peace. You face trouble, but fear not. Jesus has overcome the world. If you're finding it tough at the moment, lift up your head, shoulders back. You're not in sin. You are not disqualified from the promises of God. God has not abandoned you. God is not punishing you. If you're in the valley, but I want you to know God is with you because the God of the mountains is the God of the valley. And there's a key for us even in this psalm as you read down to the very last verse. Psalm 84 verse 12 says this, 
O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Well, that's just what James encourages last week from Psalm 27. Don't quit. Keep going and keep trusting God. If you're longing, friends, for the mountain, but you feel right now in a hard time that you're in a valley, fear not. The world with its valleys has been overcome by Jesus Christ. But as we go through this valley, there are things for us to do. There are things that God wants to address in our lives. There are things of our character that God wants to change. There are new depths of relationship and fellowship with him that God wants to break forth in our life. Just as valleys are incredibly fertile places, they were the place where springs would break forth. This time that we have, a hard time, a valley time, but it's a time that God wants to bring forth fresh springs of life in the Holy Spirit in your life and mine. And just of all the other examples that we've read, there are things that God wants to help us with in our life in this hard time in this valley time. The God of the mountains is the God of the valley. And in this time, he wants you to know that in this time there are giants to slay. There are promises to be laid hold of. There is provision to be received. There are situations to be turned around. God wants you to know that a valley of Achor, a valley of trouble, he's transforming it as we go through it into a door of hope for you and I. Multitudes, Joel 3 tells us, multitudes in a valley of decision. God wants to show us there are people all around us who need to know Jesus Christ. And such a time like this, God is working that many will come to know him. And there's a landscape all around us to be transformed, for fresh wells and springs to be dug as we go through. Because as Psalm 84 tells us, verse 7, we are those who as we go through the valley of Baca, we transform it and we go from strength to strength until we reach our destination. Friends, I tell you all these things so that in Christ you may have peace. In this world you'll face trouble, but fear not, because Jesus has overcome the world. Hebrews 13, I think it is, tells us he will never leave us nor forsake us. Isaiah 43 verse 2, even as you pass through, and the emphasis is on passing through, he will be with you. I tell you these things so that you'll have peace. In this world, troubles will come, but this trouble will pass. But fear not, for Jesus is with us. He's overcome the world. We're coming through this valley. We're going to make it to the other side. And together, the Church of Jesus Christ will be all the stronger for it. Don't miss this opportunity to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and in the valley that's around you. Because by His help, And with his strength, we can transform the situation around us and bring glory to the name of Jesus. It's been great to be with you. I'll see you again soon.